This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. Your locked on Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. Get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, we got a couple of couple of newsy bits to get to today. So we had a signing by the Maple Leafs, uh, a re-signing. Of course, the day after I discuss, you know, the free agent forwards, guys who I think will come back and not come back, they go ahead and they bring back Wayne Simmons. <laughs> so whatever I said yesterday, you can basically forget all about it because they did end up bringing him back. And I think what I said, though, was like, I, I mean, on the right deal, I suppose I, I would be okay with bringing him back. And that's essentially, I think, what, what ended up happening. So I'll get into the into the nitty-gritty of the deal and, and maybe something that this is signaling for the rest of the offseason. Um, just something that's kind of percolating in my head, a little thought that I had in regards to what this signing could be could be meaning for Toronto. But also, um, so Gary Bettman and Bill Daly spoke to media yesterday at their Stanley Cup presser, and, well, the Olympics were brought up and uh, were met with more questions than answers. So um, there's a, a, a strong possibility that the Olympic Games may not end up having NHLers at them next year in Beijing in 2022. So I'll get into that, why I say that, and, and you know, th- why that is the case. It's not just because, you know, the NHL are being, you know, bum holes. They're, uh, they've, they've got some, some actual concerns, which are valid, which I'll go over in a little bit. But let's, let's start off this conversation with Wayne Simmons um, and get into that deal and what this means for Toronto. So Wayne Simmons re-signs a two-year deal at $900,000. So, I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, the price is right, like I said. And at 900000 you can send them down to the miners or do whatever uh, without having to eat any of that salary cap if need be. It doesn't come with a no-trade clause. doesn't come with a no-move clause. No clauses, so they can do whatever they want with Wayne Simmons. And uh, if that 900000 if he becomes kind of um, an odd man out here in Toronto, they can just shove him down in the miners, um, and that $900,000 will not show up on the cap. So, you know the the, the number's fine. It's totally fine. And you know at nine hundred thousand, I would say that's even like a slight bargain for what uh, what Wayne Simmons can give you. You know, is he a top six player at this point in his career? No, I think we saw that last year. But at nine hundred thousand, you're not paying for a top six guy. You're paying for realistically nine hundred thousand should be like your thirteenth forward. So if anything, you're getting a little bit of uh, of, of value here on this type of contract. He's thirty two years old right now. But He'll be 33 by the start of next season. Let's talk about him as the player. So, like, like he's a bottom six guy. He's got some bite. He's got size. Um, you know, he's an energy kind of guy. He can uh, be a net front presence on the power play if need be. You know, so he's he's got, like, a little bit of, of, uh, of an it factor that the Leafs need. You know, he's got that jam. 
and it just didn't really all get put together this year. I mean, his his career has been on a downward trajectory now for a few seasons. And last year, just got into 38 games. We had seven goals, nine points in total, um, averaged 12 minutes of, of ice time, and then just one assist through the playoffs. So let's talk about the season, though, because it was kind of like two different years for Wayne Simmons. He was really starting to started to get going, um, you know, about halfway through the season. And, you know, he ended up going uh, and playing up, getting some power play time. He got moved up to the second line there. Uh, he had five goals the six-game span and then ended up leaving with an injury and, and, and a hand injury, and he missed uh, a whole bunch of games. And then when he returned, it didn't really go well. Just two goals in the remaining 26 games of the season. And, you know, I think that hand, that, that injured hand, that broken hand, that wrist injury that he had kind of hurt him a little bit. He mentioned that in his post-game press or in his press conference today. He said, yeah, like, you know, when I came back from my injury, it wasn't quite the same. My, my injury hindered me from doing a lot of things around the net that I'd like to do. And, um, you know, the career-low 4.8 shooting percentage in those final 26 games would suggest that that is the case, right? Like, that's that's a, an abnormally low shooting percentage for a guy who averages about 11, 12 uh, sh- shooting percentage through the duration of his career, even over the last couple of seasons. Um, and it was roughly that before he got injured as well. So, you know, I, I, again... Tale of two seasons type of deal for Wayne Simmons. So the question is, what Wayne Simmons are we going to get next year? You know, the the kind of broken down, injured Wayne Simmons who wasn't productive toward the end of the year that kind of shied away in the playoffs. Or are we going to get the Wayne Simmons who's just starting to find his legs before going down to the injury, starting to sniff around the net and find the twine? You know, what type of guy are we going to get? We're not sure, but for 900000 I think it's worth the gamble to figure it out. You know, if if he can get it done... Perfect. You have yourself a third line right winger who's got some jam, a net front guy um, who's might be able to get you ten to fifteen goals next year. And Bob's your uncle. You're super happy and excited about that. Um, and he's he's a good locker room and, and and a good guy on the bench too. So you're happy with that type of value at nine hundred thousand. And if not, if he's not doing anything for you on the ice, the production just isn't there. And maybe Wayne Simmons is is washed and no longer the player that he used to be. And he just can't skate, can't keep up anymore. And he becomes a liability. It's only nine hundred thousand. You can send him down to the minors, get that money completely off the books, and away you go. And and I think too. Uh, keep in mind, this is a two-year deal. I believe that the second year was actually added maybe for two things. One, I think in order to get like, in order to bring him in, um, I think maybe the second year was was to basically get that AAV down a little bit. But also, if the Leafs wanted to send him down and kind of use him, put him back and forth on waivers through the season, having him for that second year makes him kind of less desirable to claim if you're another team. You don't want to, you know, have to pay that 900000 or have that 900000 on the books next year for a guy who's kind of on the decline in his career. You just don't know what you're going to get. So they may be less likely to put a claim on him if they do end up putting him up and down waivers and kind of play the the you know cap savings game where they try and 
put got make paper deals on players such as Wayne Simmons on days where they don't uh, days where you know they they can't play him like he's injured but not injured enough to go on on LTIR or on IR where they can hide that money where they legitimately might have to just do like a paper deal just to get him out of the lineup for a little bit um, put him you know down in the minors so that they can bring someone up and play them and it'll go against the cap that way so you know I think it's kind of twofold the reason why it's a two-year deal um, and and I mean he's he's excited I, Wayne Simmons is excited he feels like he is um, he, he feels that this team is ready to compete. I mean, this is this is a, a quick quote that he said today on why he returned to the Maple Leafs. I just wanted to be back on this team and, you know, prove all our naysayers wrong. And, you know, within all those guys in the dressing room, I have a deep belief that, you know, we have a really good chance to be Stanley Cup champions within the next few years here. I mean, I hope so. Wayne? <laughs> I really do hope so. Like, this team does need to get over the hump. And, and you know, you were brought in last year as one of those guys who presumably was supposed to help them get over the hump. And that's kind of now the the question that I start to ponder. Um, Let's take one, uh, let's take a quick break. And when I return, I'll kind of talk about what this signals to me about what this means for uh, the future of the Maple Leafs going into next season and the potential uh, quiet off season that they could have um, going forward. So we'll take a quick break and then when we return, we'll chat about that here on the Locked on Lease podcast. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time, and about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting locker rooms on Locked On Leafs at least once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to right here every day on Green Room. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league about the Leafs, about the NHL, sports, whatever you want. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news and rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Leafs podcast through our Green Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room on Friday at 7.30. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Mike underscore DeStefano to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Leafs. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that the Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time only? Right now, they've got Grasshopper Cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It is fantastic. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box 
where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like and get it now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. Uh, just a reminder, this is a daily Leaf show, so make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast from for that daily Leafs fix. Uh, so earlier today, the Maple Leafs announcing that they've re-signed Ford Wayne Simmons, Scarborough, Ontario native, whoop, whoop. Uh, to a two-year, $900,000 contract annually. Um, and now the Leafs have brought back Wayne Simmons, and they've brought back Jason Spezza. So that's kind of two veteran pieces that you're going to come back and be part of your team uh, going forward, presumably helping to uh, mature this team and get them over the hump. Uh, <sighs> There's not many spaces left to like add winners and guys with the killer instinct when you keep signing the same guys that you rolled with last year. Is 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 Kyle Dubas running it back? Is the question now that I have to ask myself. I mean, getting Spezza's deal done pretty quickly. I think we all expected that to happen. But Wayne Simmons, I was not expecting for this one to be a, a, a top of mind type of contract or top of mind t- type of deal that they wanted to to get done. But the fact that they did, it it, it kind of signals two different things. Either A, they could be running it back, and they just want to get the their ducks in a row here, knowing that there's not much cap space out there. They're not going to be super competitive on the free agent market, and they better make sure they, they get the guys that they they might want at the very least. Um, so guys like Spets and Simmons are those players. But like I said, Kyle Dubas talked about, and I mean Wayne Simmons talked about this, almost every single player, um, coach, GM, front office personnel, use the term killer instinct. And, I mean, they they didn't have it last year, but they're bringing back virtually the same lineup. I mean, now you add in, uh, you add in Wayne Simmons, and you look at what this, this forward group looks like as of now, the only spots are the two top six wings positions. And it leads me to ask the question, like, can they afford to go out and get a big-time player? Like, if if you didn't get that killer instinct through a bottom-six guy, kind of like what Corey Perry is doing right now for the Montreal Hurricanes, or Montreal Hurricanes, (laughs) the Montreal Canadiens, you know, now it's like, okay, well, you've you've used up all of your bottom-six you know, spots basically with Mikheyev, Kerfoot, Simmons, Engvall, Brooks, Spezza. You know, you could toss a couple other names in there if you'd like. Um, now it's like, okay, well, if you're looking for that killer instinct on a nightly basis to play in your lineup, you have to try and find someone who's going to play in your top six. And that's going to cost a lot of money, right? <laughs> like, th- that's where I, I, I question, like, what's going on here? And 
I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to make a big move to improve this club and and you know add to this top six group with a proven winner. Uh, you know, there are some names out there on free agency, but not too many. I mean, Brendan Saad, maybe. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado tries to bring him back. You know, Nugent Hopkins just came off the board, so he's not going to come back. Zach Hyman, obviously, the Leafs would like to re-sign him, but at what cost? However, I might make the, I might talk about this tomorrow, actually, but perhaps Zach Hyman, the Leafs owe Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, a high five because that potentially could have brought Hyman's value down just a just a tad, just a quick, you know, side tangent there that I might dig into a little bit later in the week. Um, but like like I was saying, to improve this club and get a guy with killer instinct, they no longer have the spaces in their bottom six. They don't really have a spot or a slot. On their blue line. So now it's like, okay, can we add something in the top six? And can you do that without giving up one of the big four or giving up something of substance? Maybe it's Morgan Riley. You know, that like that's where the the other viewpoint starts to come in, where it's like, okay, they say and, and Dubas said that he wants to make some changes. He want he thinks he needs to add a winner, a proven winner. Maybe, you know, at the end of the year. A guy like Andre Palat, who just won a Stanley Cup a year ago, is primed to another Stanley Cup this year if they can get past Montreal, which seems likely at this point. You know, a guy who's a two-time Stanley Cup champion and, and a proven winner, you know, maybe he's somebody who Tampa, who's going to be way over the cap <laughs> next season and going to either have to find someone else who's injured for the whole year to sit on LTIR, which, I mean, it's, it's, it's possible, um, or perhaps they have to start dealing guys, whether that's a Palat, maybe a Kalorn. Um, I don't know if I'd want Tyler Johnson, but he's probably another one of those guys that they're looking to to dump his salary. But like one of those guys, perhaps maybe in a trade that you could bring in and slot in your top six, you know. So it it it, it makes me wonder what is the next move going to be, and what uh, the off season could look like here for the Maple Leafs after after this signing because. You know, now I I look at it. It's like okay, unless you are running it back with virtually the same guys. Like if you want to go out and now re-sign Zach Hyman to like five five and a half million dollars, and then roll the dice and hope that either Nick Robertson can come and play some some you know top six minutes for you on that second line and and be a productive winger in the NHL this year, or perhaps maybe you bring back uh, Galchenyuk on a cheap deal. You know, maybe you could make it work in that stance and and you totally run it back and you just hope that well, this year was a fluke and that they'll learn from this season and that you still believe in the core. Like I, that could be the case. That could be what's going through Kyle Dubas' his head and and somewhat is what I am thinking to this is what the these signings that I'm seeing right now are kind of showing me. Like this is what it's telling me. This is what I'm reading between, you know, reading the tea leaves of the situation. This is kind of what it's looking like. They're just going to run it back with the same guys and hope to get a different result. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, because on paper, I like the sound of it, 
where I really liked the makeup of this team. I thought that they did a really good job building it. They were deep. They had some skill. They had some grit, some speed. They had the best goal scorer in the world. You know, Jack Campbell came through big. Can they find someone to kind of be a tandem with him this season? You know, like there was a lot to like about this team, but lacking that killer instinct was like a legitimate thing. You up three to one on the Montreal Canadiens and failed to eliminate them. And they have since obviously gone on to the Stanley Cup final. But I still believe that Toronto is a better team than Montreal. And Wayne Simmons said it today. He said, we should be here. We should have beat them. That should be us in Tampa tonight. And is the reason why he hadn't watched hockey for two months. Apparently last night, game one was the first hockey game that he had watched since being eliminated. You know, so he clearly was pretty rattled about that first round elimination. And hey, maybe that's the type of spark that, that you know, develops that killer instinct. I don't know. That's clearly what Kyle Dubitz is betting on. Because if he doesn't move one of those top guys, he doesn't make a big deal. I mean... You're running it back. And and hopefully if they do, that they, they get a different result. Um, but like they said, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. This is now going on basic, well, we'll say this is year two of the same one. So it's not quite bad, but this is almost like year three of kind of running it back with the same, like, spine of the team. Your your Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Morgan Riley. Um, obviously, Jack Campbell's a different goaltender than, than Fred Anderson, so that's a little bit different. And you brought in TJ Brody to kind of help that back end. But it's almost the same cast of characters. They're same main characters, at least, um, over the last three years. But certainly, it looks like from last year to this year, almost the exact same story. Um, let's hope for a better ending, I guess is, is all I can say when it comes to that. Uh, all right. So we'll take one more break here. When we return, let's chat a little bit about, uh, the Olympics. I, I kind of teased it earlier talking about how Bettman and Bill Daly spoke to media, um, uh, just they were speaking in general, and the Olympics, as you would expect, got brought up. And uh, while well, they had some interesting things to say, and were quite non-committal to the Olympics in 2022, I'll explain what I mean by that and what this could mean for the NHL players. And I'll do all that next here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. Uh, reminder, we have daily episodes Monday to Friday coming directly to your phone. All you got to do is hit subscribe, and you'll get that lease content each and every day. Uh, so the NHL, if you remember last year around this time, uh, while there was the, the stoppage due to the pandemic, big Discussion during the CBA negotiations was the players wanted to go back to the Olympics. And it was a pretty big sticking point for them when they wanted to to uh, to sign off on a new CBA agreement. And the NHL said, okay, we will uh, we'll concede that and we'll, you know, in good faith negotiate with the IIHF and, and with the IOC and, and, and try and figure it out. We, we will try and figure out a way to get you guys back to the Olympics. And um, so they did, right? That That's what they said. The NHL agreed on it. They believe that the NHL, the league themselves, were you know legitimate and sincere when they say that. And uh, here we are a year later, though. And now it's a little bit more murky and a lot less likely that the NHL players will actually be going to the 2022 Olympics in Beijing next winter. Um, And by next winter, it's February. (laughs) So it's not even that far away. It's weird because the Summer Olympics are about to embark here in a couple of of months, not even, a a few weeks away from from the, the, the Summer Olympics. And then like eight months later... Seven, eight months later, the Winter Olympics are here, where it's usually, like, bi-yearly. But anyways, um, yeah, so Daly and Bettman uh, discussing at the Stanley Cup presser, citing some concerns about the NHL and whether or not they'll be going off to the Olympics. And I grabbed some of that sound, and and let's go ahead, let's play it. So um, this is uh, Bill Daly, kind of his initial remarks when asked to uh, to talk about the NHL's possible involvement or lack thereof involvement in the Olympic Games uh, this upcoming winter. So, I mean, it's still very much a work in progress. Um, all parties are engaged. Uh, you know what the league's uh, traditional and historical position has been on the Olympics. Um, we remain of that view. And in fact, uh, with the, the, the future games in Beijing and the, the continued uncertainty uh, with the virus and, and the games being halfway around the world, um, not necessarily an ideal uh, games to elect to go to. Uh, having said that, we negotiated in good faith with the Players Association last summer. Uh, we agreed uh, that if the conditions uh, were right um, and we could reach agreement on all the material issues, uh, that we would uh, commit and support going to the Olympics. And that remains our position. Um, you know, we, uh, We've deferred to the Players Association uh, to try to work through those issues, and that continues, as I said, to be a work in progress. Um, uh, but as, as Gary alluded to, time is running uh, very short, so uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some resolution soon. So a couple of things to kind of pull out from there. First and foremost, saying that Beijing is not an ideal Olympics to make the return is both uh, interesting from both angles. A, I thought, you know, a year ago, 
the NHL actually wanted to get to Beijing to try and grow the market in China, an up-and-coming superpower in the world and, you know, a massive world economy. But now, having an Olympics on the other side of the world, not necessarily just China, but, like, on the other side of the world becomes a little problematic um, because you just don't know what the world is going to be like in February. I mean, heck, if I told you that I still couldn't get a haircut here in Ontario a year ago, I would have probably, like, elected to move elsewhere. (laughs) Like, could you imagine last June saying, yeah, a year from now, you're still not going to be able to get a haircut at the salon or at the barbershop. I would have said you're crazy. Uh, But here we are. So, like, you never know what exactly is going to happen. And now you kind of have this new variant that's sweeping the the nation. And, and, you know, so it's just there's so much concern when it comes to COVID. There's just a lot of of, of uncertainty when it comes to it. And the other thing, too, is they discuss the timeline. And uh, the timeline is is important, actually, because the NHL is, is expected to put out their their uh, their schedules in the next few weeks. Usually, they do it in between uh, in between the end of the NHL playoffs and the NHL draft, which is typically about a week or so difference. So. You know, that's about mid-July that they want to have this answer by. And at the end of the day, I I just, I don't know if the IOC can provide them with enough answers that they want. You know, so um, here's Bill Daly on the timeline, I guess, of the decision to go to the Olympics and why it's this timeline is actually really important for them and not just a negotiating ploy to screw over the players. It's actually... A legitimate concern. So here, here's Daly on uh, on that. I think the the timeline is is kind of what we suggested uh, in the sense that we do have a schedule that needs to be released in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think the commissioner uh, alluded to the fact that we uh, typically release our schedule between uh, the end of the Stanley Cup Finals and the draft. Obviously, the draft this year is July 23rd. Um, so. Uh, I would hope that we will continue to work through the issues and know where we are uh, well in advance of that. And let's play quickly play a clip from Commissioner Gary Bettman, uh, kind of echoing similar notions. We were already past the time that we hoped that this would be resolved. And that's why I said before uh, the uncertainty that this is causing on the scheduling and everything we have to do for next season has become concerning. We'll deal with it just as we've managed to be agile and flexible over the last 15 months. But we're getting to be on a rather short time frame now because this can't go on indefinitely. And he, you know he's right. This cannot go on indefinitely and the NHL needs to have an answer pretty quickly as to, you know, what some of the the concerns are and the uncertainty of the games and and daily kind of went into detail a little bit about what the the questions that they have going forward that they somewhat want answered or you know kind of the uncertainty that is is kind of forcing them to maybe rethink going to the olympics so here's what daily had to say on uh, the uncertainty that uh, the uncertain issues that the league are facing over the next couple of weeks with their decision on whether or not to go to the Olympic Games. 
with respect to the Olympics. There are a couple, uh, couple remaining open issues. A lot has to do with the uncertainty uh, of, of the games, uh, the continued uncertainty of the games with respect to uh, what the rules will be associated with the games, whether there'll be spectators, whether there won't be spectators. Um, you know how you know how the Tokyo Games this summer may impact um, how the Beijing Games are run. Um, uh, you know there are uh, COVID-related insurance issues uh, that are very important to, to all the relevant parties. Um, you know the players and and the clubs uh, and the league alike, and the players' association um, and the families. So. Um, there, there are there remain open issues. I do think uh, you know we have worked through uh, a lot of the more basic issues, uh, but again, we're we're uh, we continue to be on uncharted territory to a certain extent with respect to the COVID situation and what that means uh, and what it'll be like uh, come February uh, in Beijing. So um, there's there's a lot of uncertainty and unknowns um, that we're trying to to grapple with, and that takes time. Yeah, and, and, and like that is a legitimate concern, I think, that the NHL has. As much as I, I would love and, and want the NHLers to go to the Olympics and as much as I want to say I'm on the NHL players' side when it comes to this, you know, the NHL is a business and they can't just sit on their hands and wait for answers from the IOC when the IOC doesn't have them for them at, at the time that they need it. You know, like as as Bill Daly mentioned, like they – the Olympic Committee might need to kind of see how Tokyo goes before they can make any decisions on what happens in Beijing. Like, if Tokyo becomes a super spreader, uh, I doubt, you know, well, I'm not going to say I doubt, but, you know, then it, you you have to question, like, okay, are they going to allow spectators and stuff into Beige, into the Beijing games? Because that was something that he also mentioned, like, we're not sure if there's going to be spectators or not. Well, if there's no spectators, maybe that goes back to the original point where, you know, the NHL wanted to be in China and establish a brand in China, but if there's no spectators and they can't have, you know, the people of China come and watch the game and fall in love with the game, is it going to be worth it from their perspective as the business plan and let's make make no mistake about it the, the biggest benefit for the NHL to to allow their players to go to the Olympics is strictly to give them uh you know coverage on a world stage and if they can't do that with spectators for you know to try and get new eyeballs and and break into a new market it might not be worth it for them either so there is a lot of uncertainty is is kind of the buzzword that that was used for uh, for daily but like legitimately it's it's it makes sense it really does make sense they and and the fact that they really do need to iron out a schedule in the next couple of weeks i, I just makes me feel like they're not going to be able to get all the answers that they need to be able to uh, go forward with with the NHLers going to the Olympics um, next February. And then there's this other little wrinkle that uh, that you know I, I, I thought about today. The NHL yesterday also announced that they've already scheduled the All Star Game to be in Vegas for 2022. So next season, um, they, they scheduled an all-star game. Unless they it, this is like a, an all-star game that uh, is tentative to lose. Like, yeah, unless it's like tentative, I guess, uh, based on Olympics. This makes me question whether or not the NHL is still in the running to go to the Olympics. 
because typically they skip the All-Star game in Olympic years. And the fact that they've already scheduled and told the host city, yep, you're good for your bid, makes me somewhat question if the NHL has intentions on going to the Olympics. Like this, this is like the lone caveat where I look at it and I think the NHL is being a little bit sneaky, sly, or they actually do know what they're going to do. They do have their answer. And if you read between the lines and the biggest lines being the fact that they've scheduled this all-star game and an all-star break already into a packed season, um, maybe they, they're kind of telling you, hey, we're probably not going to be going to the Olympics. And like I said, unless, and I don't know if this is if this is the case or not, um, unless like Vegas was told, but this could only go off. We could only have this all-star break, this all-star game, if we don't go to the Olympics. But if we do, in the next couple of weeks, come to an agreement with the IOC and the IIHF, and we do sign on and go, and we are participants in the Olympic Games, then we're going to have to postpone and push it back. But I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. You know, like, I, I don't know if that would be in their best interest for a lot of reasons. And, you know, to be able to, to have to schedule all of that in the next couple of weeks and then still not have that Olympic decision, I, I, I don't, I think it's extremely unlikely at this point that the NHLers will be at the 2022 Olympics. I, I, look, they say they negotiated in good faith, and I believe that is true. I believe that is true. I, I think that Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and whoever else from the league office that's involved in these negotiations, Rene Fassell, uh, you know, IOC, I think uh, Dick Pound might be the guy from the IOC. I, I, I think that's a name that sounds familiar. I think everyone negotiated in good faith, but at the end of the day, I, the NHL need answers a lot quicker than the IOC can provide them. And ultimately, I think that'll cost the NHLers their chance to participate in the 2022 Olympics. That's just what I think. I hope it's not true. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, it, it, it kind of looks that way at this point um, as we are what a day away from July and less than two weeks from a possible announcement of a schedule. So that's my thoughts. That will do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. I receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with an episode tomorrow. And as I am recording this episode live as of Tuesday night, um, the awards, the yearly awards are starting to trickle in. They're starting to trickle in. And uh, so I'll quickly name who's won what award, actually. Uh, so Adam Fox, very deserving, wins the Norris Trophy. Marc-Andre Fleury, your Vesna winner for 2021. Connor McDavid, uh, best Austin Matthews for the Ted Lindsay Award, uh, the best player in the league, voted by the players. And, I mean, the guy had 105 points, I uh, that was pretty well locked up. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov winning the Calder Trophy winner. That was my pick at the beginning of the year. I told you all to lay some scratch over at Bet Online AG. Hopefully you listened. Um, I will go over all of these awards 
in tomorrow's podcast, actually. So I'll go over if I thought that uh, these these guys were deservant and, and why they won and take a look through the ballots as well and, and see if any Maple Leafs made their way on some of these uh, some of these top five ballots. So we'll do all that on tomorrow's show, so make sure that you're subscribed so that you get that directly to your phone. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.